What does it feel like to be the mayor of a college town? Do all mayors have the same journey to where they are today? And how is COVID still affecting smaller cities? Well, we talk about all that and more on this episode of The Toddcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Toddcast. As always, I'm your host, Todd McManus. And today is a very special episode, even though it is a cool crisp Thursday morning. I have a very special guest joining me is the mayor of Ruston, Louisiana. Please welcome Mayor Ronnie Walker. Mayor Walker, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Todd. So, like you said, it's a very cool day though. Uh, <laughs> it is. I kind of like it. It's the first day I've actually had to wear, to break out the jeans, you know. Yeah, I'm usually a, a shorts guy, yep. you know, but it's which it could be 90 degrees one day next week since it's oh, Louisiana. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> so, First question I just wanted to ask you with this icebreaker question is a would you rather question. And would you rather have all the traffic lights you approach be green, no matter what? Every traffic light is green, you never have to stop again, or you never have to wait in line again? Oh, there's no doubt I never have to wait in line. Traffic lights don't bother me that <laughs> yeah. much, but I can't stand having to wait in line for something. <laughs> no I mean, doubt about it. That'd be really nice, you yeah. know, like the go to Chick-fil-A and no line ever again because yep. that every Chick-fil-A I've ever been to always has a line you know so always but that's hey it's a great business model they got going true <laughs> yeah and real gr- real good food too oh, yeah. <laughs> so so I wanted to go ahead and start this out with we're going to take it back a little while we're going to go all the way back to when you were in high school okay now whenever you we're done with high school, and you were ready to go out into the world and be an adult, you know. What was the plan that you wanted to do? Like, did you set in motion with what you originally wanted to do? Did what you're doing now, did it turn out? Like, what did you? What was the plan you wanted to do when you graduated? <clears throat> well, uh, you're making me go back a half a century ago, <laughs> 52 years. Um my original thought when I was, and, and you have to realize I grew up in a very small town. I mean, there were 10 people in my graduating class. So that shows you how yeah. small the school it was. So we didn't have any guidance counselors or anything like that. But my original plan, I really wanted to be a lawyer and, and eventually go into politics. But instead, the Lord had a different direction for me and I, I actually went into ministry. I was a youth and recreation minister and that's actually what brought me to uh, Ruston to Temple Baptist Church for 10 years, but then I, I left that, went into banking, and then got ready to retire from banking, and lo and behold, the politics came in at the end of my life. So it just took a little while to yeah, get there. It just took about 50 years, exactly. And so, jumping ahead to actually you being the mayor, whenever you decided that you were like, hey, I'm going to run for the mayor of Ruston. What was that? What led you to that decision? And just basically, like, why did you decide to run for mayor? Sure. Um, You know, part of my platform was the reason I ran for mayor, and that was I felt like we had been a city that just got very fortunate decades ago that a college was formed here in Ruston. We weren't what I considered a college town. We were just a town that happened to have a college in it. And I felt like we needed to be uh, have a partnership with the university and we needed to act like a college town. And what really led me to it was I wanted, I had some apartments and I was trying to develop some more and I ran into issues 
with planning and zoning in Ruston because there was a moratorium against college housing. Yeah. So, you know, here we were, a college town, or a town with a college in it. The college is trying to grow to 15,000, but yet the city is saying no more student housing. We sure can't grow a university if you're not have adding student housing. Yeah. So um, that my plan got shot down by planning and zoning, uh, and I griped and complained about it. And one day I was playing golf with some of my friends, and we were talking about it. And one of them said, you know, Ronnie, you just ought to run for mayor and change that. We need, we need, <laughs> to, be, we need to be more of a yeah. college town. And so that's what led to it. I was fixing to retire anyway from banking, and I said, hey, let's do it. So that was seven years ago, and uh, it's been the greatest seven years. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully I've got re-election coming up next year. I hope I can serve another term if the yeah. people, people want me to. And so you were just like, they shot me down, so I'm just going to take yeah. that position and <laughs> go ahead and act in my own plan, basically. That's basically kind of what happened. And once you decided to run for mayor, did you, like, enjoy running a political campaign at all? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I love being around people and talking to people and finding out, you know, what's going on in their life and, and that kind of stuff. So going and knocking on every door, and I didn't knock on every door, but I guarantee you I knocked on 75% of the doors in Ruston because that was my whole plan. Uh, I had a lot of town hall meetings, and even after I became mayor, when we started doing moving Ruston forward, I did 30 town hall meetings across the city. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoy that part. I enjoy getting out and talking to folks. I enjoy um, trying to, to make this city even greater. And so I really enjoyed and, and enjoy the uh, the political part, the running for office. Now, I'm not going to lie. I hope I don't have to. I hope I'm, I'm un, unopposed this next year like I was four years ago because I don't see there's not enough hours in the day for somebody to run the city of Ruston and also run an effective campaign. Yeah. So, um, yes, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And so when... Once you were like, it came out and said, all right, you're elected as mayor of Ruston. How long after that point would you say that it happened that you were like out one day or walking around in, in your office here? Or when was that moment when you were like, man, I'm the mayor? <laughs> like, when did you, when would you say you had that first moment? Uh, well, probably when uh, I realized I had won, you know, the, the, that night. Um, it was probably like, you know, that dog that finally caught that car. In fact, a friend of mine said said that to me. It's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Because I had never been mayor. Yeah. You know, I had no experience. Uh, in fact, I had a man come up to me the other day and said, you know, I really was worried about you being mayor because I just, you know, didn't know if you could do the job. And I said, hey. And his wife went, I can't believe you're telling him that. And I said, hey, I'm glad he's saying it because, I mean, I was an unknown commodity. I yeah. had not been a mayor, so there was no track record. Uh, I think it really hit home more so, though, once I got in, into this chair and started meeting with department heads and started seeing how much infrastructure work we needed to do and how much it was going to cost and the fact that there was not that much money anywhere in the yeah. city budget to do it. 
And that's when it really hit home that, oh my gosh, we've got, you know, we need to do 150, 200 million dollars worth of work. And we cannot do that uh, without some kind of sales tax, which I hated to ask the people for. But that's, uh, when people ask me, and I, I ask this question all the time, how in the world is Ruston, Louisiana, a town of 23,000, able to do as much work infrastructure-wise and building-wise within your city? And I always tell them it's because of the people of Ruston had the foresight to pass that tax which allowed us in the last six years to do $150 million worth of work where if that pa that tax had not passed, we would have done maybe $10 million. Yeah. So that's allowed us to do a lot of things. Uh, so when people ask me, what's it like being the mayor? I said, with a city like Ruston, a city full of citizens who understood the vision and voted to tax themselves so they could become a better city, it's really easy. Which, <laughs> as people, you know, we all don't like to pay taxes. Oh, I but it, totally agree. I don't either. It, may, it makes sense when you think about it like, we got to make the city or any town better, and the only way is that is with the people paying taxes because that's their percentage going towards that. You know, it's like one of the, the CEOs of one of our local banks said in one of our town hall meetings. He said, folks... You can't have good stuff unless you have money to pay for it. Yeah. You can't remodel your house unless you got money to pay for it. And we have basically remodeled the city, but we had to go to the people. And I don't, I don't, I think when people look back at it now, I've had a lot of people say that I didn't want that tax, but now I see all the good things that have happened because of it. And you, and you're it really makes you proud of your city, the fact that they voted. 70% to 30% to do that. And what makes me even more proud of it, uh, prouder of it, is the fact that we didn't know this, but a week before we had our sales tax vote, the state increased the sales tax by one cent. Yeah. But yet the people of Ruston didn't say, oh no, they just raised our sales tax and now we're fixing to vote another one in. They saw the need and uh, voted for it. And you know, a lot of that work has been south of the interstate, south of Highway 80, in the southern part of our city. Yeah. And you look at southern cities, we're no different than any other southern city. We have neglected a portion of our city over the years, decades, and we're trying to change that and get do work in areas that, that have been neglected. And it's, you know, it's, it's really, um, I think, I spoke to the American Legion group uh, Tuesday night, and I said, it is um, my honor to be the mayor, the quarterback of this team, whatever you're going to call it, because we have such great citizens who take pride in their city. And I think that's the big difference between Ruston, Louisiana, and other cities across Louisiana and across the nation. Our people take pride in their city. They want to see good things be done and built in our city. So uh, it's just a great opportunity for me. Yeah. And which I understand the neglecting a part of the city because I know that um, I talked a couple of weeks ago with Monroe Mayor Friday Ellis, mm -hmm. and he talked about how they're trying to help with downtown and they're actually working with across the street in West Monroe 
in that little the antique alley yeah. because it's it is antique alley because it's it's a old portion but they just need to revamp it because of, like half them buildings are just abandoned you yeah. know and it makes sense what she said like with Ruston I feel like most of Ruston is the southern part because like yeah. every time like I haven't been last time I've been to, here to Ruston was probably before COVID started which has been almost two, like a year and a half to two years now. And like when I come, I would, like I got friends that go to tech. I got other people that I know that live here. And it's like most of the time I just come here and then you go to the north side. And I'm like, wow, there's there's some good stuff up here too. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And which I recognize like Ruston is a college town, like you said, because like, but really it's like tech. Louisiana Tech University attracts people here, and then basically everything else here is like, okay, it keeps them. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, they don't – you don't see the stuff when you're outside. You just know the tech because it's the biggest thing, you know. But once you come in, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm just going to stay here. Then. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's really a, a two-college town because, yes, tech's located in our within our city limits, but Grambling's only five miles away. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is not, and I can't prove this, I haven't run any uh, surveys to see, but I, I believe 75% of the kids who don't live on Gramlin's campus or live in the city of Gramlin, live in the city of Ruston. And I know the majority of their uh, commerce is spent in Ruston because, I mean, let's face it, Gramlin, the city of Gramlin or the university, they don't have stores, a lot of stores. They don't have, you know, a lot of restaurants. So most of those kids spend a lot of money. A lot of their commerce is spent right here in Ruston. So we're a two, two college yeah. town, in my opinion. Yeah. And now that you have been the mayor for many years now, what would you say is your favorite part of being the mayor of Ruston? Doing exactly what we're doing now. I mean, this and talking to groups. I love to go speak to civic organizations, uh, high school or elementary school classes, uh, anything like that, because we have such a great story to tell about Ruston, yeah. a great city. Um, we've, we've done a lot of uh, infrastructure work and things. I mean, the sports complex is drawing thousands of people to our city every weekend, but it's also allowing our kids from Ruston to have a better, a first-class facility to play whether it's t-ball or softball or now basketball, you know, phase two of our sports complex is a facility, a 67,000 square foot facility that has six basketball courts. We can do volleyball games, tournaments, basketball tournaments. We can do dance line competition, cheerleader competition, um, trade shows, you name it, in that facility. And for the first time in 125 years, the city of Ruston owns a gymnasium for its people. Yeah. We've always used Bobby James Gym for our programs, which we didn't own. This is the first time in 125 years that the city owns a gym, and we're really excited about that. Yeah. And like you said, you're going to be running again next mm -hmm. year. Now, let's say you do get reelected. Yeah. Do you have a plan on, like, how many terms do you want to run, or do you want to just say, I'm just going to keep going as long as they keep voting me in? Well, you know, if I was uh, 
40 years old. That might be my philosophy, <laughs> but I'm, I'm 70 years old. So I'm going to run this next time, and then we'll just see what my health is like and if I'm still uh, have the energy to do it. I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of living one day at a time now. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, my wife and I both had COVID, and I was in the in ICU for five days. So, um, when you when you walk out of the hospital and your doctor tells you if you had not had the vaccine, which we had both been vaccinated, uh, you probably would have been on a vent, and you may not have walked out of here. Yeah. Then it gives you kind of a different approach to life and what's going on. Thank goodness, Kay, my wife didn't have to to be in the hospital, but she still. Uh, in fact, she still has a few side effects. Her smelling is not back totally. So, um, but it, it gives you a different approach on life, and we're we're doing taking a little more time off. I guess you could say we we walk four miles every day, and um, so we're going to see how my health is. We're going to see first if the people of Ruston elect me again yeah. next year, and then we'll take it uh, day by day from there. Yeah. And I did want to mention this real quick because I saw this on YouTube like yesterday, I think, and a friend told me about it. And I didn't know that you were famous on YouTube, that you were in a famous YouTube video back <laughs> on the Logan Paul yeah. video yeah. that I got to mention because he's such a big name nowadays, yeah. especially. And it was in 2017 that Logan Paul came to Ruston and was a mayor for a day. Took this seat. And yep. I looked at and I watched the video, and now that I'm in here, I'm like, wow, this is the same road. <laughs> well, in fact, he took all those pictures. They took all those pictures and put his face, <laughs> I saw that. His face yeah. on. You know, that was pretty uh, interesting. One Friday afternoon, I got a call from a producer in uh, California, and they said, basically they said, hey, we want Logan Paul, who I had never heard of. <laughs> yeah. didn't know who he was. Um to come and be the mayor for a day. And I thought, mm, I'm not sure about this. So uh, I turned it over to Haley Payro, who is my assistant now, and Courtney Kime, who at that time was my assistant. And I said, y'all research this and give me your thoughts. Because, you know, they were, they're in their 30s at that time, and I'm, you know, 60-something. So they come back to me on Monday and said, look, we know it's kind of risky, but at the same time, I think we'll reach a group of people that we wouldn't reach otherwise. Yeah. Um, so I <laughs> will forget he walked in, he said exactly where you're sitting. And I said, let me tell you something. We're going to do this, but you're not going to embarrass the city of us and, and you're not going to embarrass me. Yeah. And he said, Mayor, I promise you I won't. Now, he got pretty close at times because he is, I mean, he was just, he, he's that YouTuber guy. But, you know, this is what's so incredible about that. Um, Bruce Sigmund, who is one of our city council members, goes to uh, some foreign country, I forget which one it is, and does a mission trip every year. Yeah. And he, he came back after that and said, you won't believe it, but we were talking to some young, pe young people, college age, and said we were from Ruston, Louisiana, and, and saw him. said, oh, yeah, yeah, we saw your, you know, the, the YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Some of the coaches at Tech have said they've been recruiting people from way off, and they they have seen that video. So, you know, sometimes you have to, to get outside your, your boundaries and outside your box a little bit more. 
Um, that was a, a chance that we took. But you know what the crazy thing about that was we had people who literally drove from Dallas and Atlanta just to be a part of that. I mean, just to see Logan Paul. Parents who brought their kids from, I talked to them personally myself, and uh, it was it was unbelievable. So that was uh, definitely not something I thought I would ever do. <laughs> I, I had no idea he was uh, as uh, far out on some things as he is, but that's all right. And like I said, it we reached a, gr- a, a, a group of people we wouldn't have been able to reach otherwise. Yeah. Because it's just so funny to think of that. Oh, no. Because I looked at it, I watched it yesterday, and it's close to like 5 million views on YouTube right now. And I was like, because he would walk by stuff around Tech and around Rust, and I was like, I know that place. And it's just so weird to see, like, because he's such a big name nowadays, you know, because he's still doing YouTube, and he's having boxing matches, too. And I'm like, this guy who was... Just doing funny, random stuff on the internet back in th- that day, and now he's such a him and his brother Jake are such yeah. big names today. Yeah. And I was like, and he was rusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, and I, and then that's what I thought of. What did you said? I was like, that's got to be huge for Rustin to have. Him. Like, imagine if like The Rock or somebody yeah. came here too. It yeah. would be so big for just a, a city in Louisiana, you sure. know, like Rustin, and. That was really something. <laughs> I, I, in fact, he actually bought a dog from someone here. He saw it in the parade. Saw, they had it, uh, or had one of them, and they had some puppies, and he actually bought one. But I think the funniest thing to me was when we were sitting in here, and they were totally redoing my office, basically, and uh, they were talking about the parade and the fact that they were going to throw pizza, pieces of pizza instead of candy. And I'm going, are you kidding me? I mean, come on. And they did. But to watch these these kids, some of them college age, I mean, they grabbed those, and it was like, and I never forget, one of them turned it over and had him sign, autograph, on the back side of that pizza. I thought, what are you going to do? I mean, what are you, you going to shellac that, at that piece or what? Anyway, it was, it was one of those... Uh, Deals I was a little worried about, but it, it worked out fine. Yeah. Well, I might have to get famous now that way. I can be, I can be mayor for a day. <laughs> we have to have that happen sometime soon. Uh. So I did want to touch on COVID a little mm-hmm. bit. And like you said earlier that you and your wife both had COVID. And how have you and your family been through the entire pandemic so far? You know, it's... Um, I guess the part that is hard for us is the fact that we're in the public so much. I mean, you know, I I see people all the time. And just like right now, I mean, we don't have a mask on because we're six feet apart. And that's the way I try to do meetings. If you want to wear a mask, that's fine. If I want to wear a mask, that's fine. And I'm vaccinated, too. I'm I'm vaccinated. I've had it and everything else. you know, it changed the way we do everything in our city. I mean, the worst part for us from a, <clears throat> excuse me, from a city standpoint was when you have, like we have our own utilities, and so we have electrical linemen. So you have 20 people in our, I'm just using that number, 20 people in our electrical department. If they come in and have their Monday morning meeting and one of them has COVID, then all of a sudden all 20 
guys and gals have got to be in quarantine. We well, lose your entire department, yeah. which we can't afford to do. So we had to go in and we broke our, our groups up into, into two groups. And one group would work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The other would come in and work Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I mean, we had to lay off some folks. We had to, I mean, we cut our budget uh, because of COVID. We didn't know what was going to happen to sales tax, and we had had the tornado. So we want want to be sure we were in a good financial situation. So we actually cut our, cut back on our our budget. Uh, it, it's been a a learning experience. I'm thankful that we seem like we're kind of on the other side of it now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll continue to have issues with it moving forward with variances and everything else. Um, you know, we lost some really, really, really good people to COVID. Um, when I talked to some of our ministers in, in town and, and you know, they're, they're telling me they've had to do 30 COVID funer funerals and things like that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's tough when you lo lose quality people within your city in, in a time frame like this. So... It's been uh, it's it's been an experience that I never thought I would I would go through. I never thought as mayor we would have a uh, tornado like we did in Ruston, first one ever. We've never had a, a hurricane come over our city, the eye of it, yeah. and still be a cat one. And I've never been through a pandemic. Hope we never go through another one. But you know, it's after the tornado we kind of coined the or a lady in our town actually coined. Um, rust and strong and there was t-shirts and everything else made with that and we are we're, we're stronger because what we've been through um, fortunately for our city we're stronger from, from from every way and as we move forward we just are going to try to continue to make our, our city even stronger and more resilient to um, all those type natural disasters and pandemics that we have no control over whatsoever yeah i remember when the tornado came through because it's it's so it was so just random when yeah. you think about it because it's like we don't get tornadoes that often yeah. in north louisiana anyway when you think of tornadoes you think of like missouri and oklahoma and up mm -hmm. there in the midwest and then there was like oh there's a tornado in ruston and then like the next day they would show like that helicopter yeah. shot over the city and i was like good lord like that was a real life tornado that yeah. just came through yeah. yep. and then not to mention also the ice storms mm -hmm. we had way back in like mm -hmm. january and february yeah. which i was stuck in my house for like six days you yep. know where it's like you can't go outside or drive because there's like five inches of ice on every road and it was that was something in itself that was uh yeah we had the ice storm was, we had the tornado, we had the hurricane, then we had the ice storm. By the time we got the ice, the ice storm, it seemed like we had gotten all of the trees that could possibly fall on a power line had been blown <laughs> down. But unfortunately, if a tree falls, it always seems to find a, a power line yeah. somewhere. But uh, it's, you know, those, those kind of things we have worked through, and it's because of the people that we have working in our city. We have about 300 employees and they are all so dedicated to what they do. Uh, but the ice storm was was something else. It was a different beast in itself. We live in a subdivision where there's a lot of hills, and unfortunately, uh, I couldn't get out up the hill. There's one big hill. Finally, I got my, my public works guys to come in a four-wheel drive vehicle and, and 
<laughs> get me out so yeah. I can come to work some. But anyway, it was it was experience that none of us want to, to go through again. But like I said, we're stronger because of it, and we'll continue to uh, be resilient in what we do here in the city of Ruston. Yeah, because I remember, like you said about the hills, like because right out there on the interstate, mm-hmm. there were some hills right there, and I remember that it was like, on the first couple of days that it happened, like 18-wheelers couldn't get up the yep. hills fast enough and mm-hmm. would get stuck, and then they'd have to, like, tow them yep. across the hill to get through there. And that must have been rough. And just seeing all the pictures, oh, yeah. just looking at them now, it just looks like this should be a town in Alaska somewhere, yeah. you know. Yeah. And So, Alaska, they're prepared for it better than we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they were talking about because it's like they have those big trucks that push the snow out of the way. Yeah. And it's like, we don't have those yeah. in a budget because it's never happened before. So, it's sure. like, we never wanted to buy them because we'd be wasting money if it never happens in another 20 years, you yep. know. Yep. So, and so, like you said, going back to COVID a little bit, you and your wife both had COVID, mm-hmm. but you were in the ICU for five days with it. So... What was all that like, basically? Like, when you first got it and yeah. then your whole experience of that? Well, we got it. I got it almost, well, I got sick on a Saturday uh, with the doctor on Monday, and they did a panel of tests on me, so it didn't come back until Wednesday that I had it. Um, then my wife started getting sick on Thursday, and then the following Saturday, so a week from when I first started getting sick, my oxygen level went down. And they suggested we go to the hospital emergency room. So we did. Both of us thought we would just get an infusion and be out of there. Yeah. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it, it had gotten in my lungs. So um, my wife and I were in the same uh, emergency room. Uh, and they came and, and gave her an infusion and said, you're going to have to stay. Well, I didn't... You know, I didn't feel that bad. I mean, I felt fairly bad, but I mean, I didn't feel like I was. I see bad you bad. Be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, they took me one way, and she went the other way to the house to to get me some stuff and bring back to the hospital. I they brought. I had my staff bring me my laptop, and I had my phone. Um, you know, with COVID, you didn't have a whole lot of people coming in your room to check on you or anything. I mean. Everything was outside the, the door, and so I, I didn't have anybody to see or talk to a whole lot, but I did have my phone, and I did have, thank goodness, my charger for my phone, <laughs> yeah. uh, but my laptop. So I was able to work the whole five days I was in there, and the staff at the hospital at North Louisiana Medical Center here in Ruston were just incredible, the way they handled everything. And so it, it, I, I tell people all the time, I, I really didn't, I didn't feel that bad. I didn't think I was that sick because I was able to work as if I was at at, at the office. Um, you were just in a bed. I, really, I wasn't even in a bed much. I was I was more walking around the room, <laughs> uh, the small little room I had, and it, but it was it was uh, it was one of those experiences you hope you never have. I mean, I've been only been in the hospital twice in my life, and both times it was due to uh, pneumonia. So. Um, and that's what I had was the reason they had to put me in there. So I got my infusions for five days and, um, got out and we immediately, my wife and I both, she's always walked a lot. I said, you know what? I'm 70 years old. I don't want this to be something that starts a downward trend for me. So we started walking 
And like I said, we walk four miles a day now, three or four miles according to how much time I have. But uh, we walk on our, our beautiful Rock Island Greenway here in Ruston, which I walked just to see, but I've never uh, walked it every day like I do now. And it's such a great path. And it's, you see so many of our, our citizens out walking on that. So it was, it was, a, uh, it was a scary time because, yeah. I mean, you know, you got people dying of COVID all the time and, and you're in the hospital and you don't know, you know, you think you're doing better. Um, thank goodness we have, I'm gonna go back to our staff and especially my my leadership team here at the city of Ruston, they ran the city. I mean, didn't miss a, a beat. I mean, if they needed something, they knew they could call me. We were able, of course, email and uh, I worked just like I was here, just one seeing people. And it was it was uh, it was a scary experience, but an experience that I think strengthened all of us. And uh, my wife, thank goodness, she took the infusion on Saturday. By Sunday afternoon, she was feeling much better. Yeah. The infusion helped her a lot. So, anyway, it's if you're in public office and you're seeing people as much as we do, and and in in settings where there's lots of people, you of course are going to have a higher percentage chance of getting it probably. But uh, we're just glad we're able to here to be here today talking to you, and, <laughs> and uh, the the outcome was fine. And so, like. Now that you you've had the vaccine, and now and you had COVID, you gotten both. So you're basically you and your wife are kind of like advocates for the vaccine, basically. Like absolutely. Uh, in fact, we came out. I do videos here a lot in Ruston, and um, I, we immediately did a video because yes, it's not going to prevent you from getting. It's not necessarily going to prevent you from getting. COVID. I mean, we were a perfect example. We had our our vaccines. But the fact that the doctor said if you had not had your vaccine, you may have been on a vent and it could have been bad. When you look at the number of people who are in the hospitals, especially during the worst period of COVID, and it was always 85 to 90 percent of those in the hospital were unvaccinated people. That tells you right there all you need to know, uh, and I know vaccines are a, a uh, right now, are a political hot potato, if you will. Yeah. And I don't think it's the vaccine. I think it's the mandate, the, that word. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason the city of Ruston, we're not mandating that our people get vaccinated. We are incentivizing them to get the va- vaccine by saying, if you get your vaccination, you'll get for for each shot or when you're fully vaccinated, uh, you'll get two PTO days. So we're giving them two days off to go take a vaccine that we know in 99.9% of the cases will help you either not have the, the virus or will help you survive the virus. Yes. So yes, we're very much so, we're very, uh, much advocates for uh, vaccination simply because of our experience. Yeah. And so, still speaking on COVID a little bit more, how do you think the that uh, Ruston as a city has dealt with COVID? You know, I, I, I think we we, um, we did as, as good as you could do considering we're a two-college town. Our hospital, North Louisiana Medical Center, 
did an incredible job. I mean, they, and not just the hospital, but, but all the medical staff at the hospital, at Green Clinic, at all the other clinics and hospital and uh, doctor's offices around our city, all the medical professionals did a great job, but our hospital was ready for it. They were geared up for it. Now, the second wave of it, it was tough because, I mean, you know, we all thought it was kind of going down, then all of a sudden that second wave came through the variants. But I think from a city standpoint, uh, from a city as far as employees, we learned how to work in a different environment. So instead of having two or three guys in a truck, now you got one person in a the truck, they're having to clean that or wipe that truck down. We, we learned that we could have people come in and work Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, then a second crew would come in Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, so we, are, we, we proved we were flexible. We proved that we could do things differently than before. Um, as far as the city goes, yes, we, we, we came out uh, probably stronger than before, but we lost some really, really, really uh, strong city leaders and personalities that, uh, you know, you just, I, mean, I lost a dear friend who, who taught at school here and had taught for, I don't know, 40 or something years probably. Just uh, was was a friend to, to thousands of people and, and touched so many lives. I mean, and that's just one case. There was lots of those type of individuals. Um, so that, I mean, you know, you'll, you'll, there's a void there from that, but I think from a city standpoint, we're in great shape from it and, uh, we came back strong and we'll continue to, uh, work to prevent it from happening again from our city standpoint. Yeah. And I know, um, it must've been really weird whenever tech had to send people, everybody home as well. Cause <laughs> like I go to ULM and going over there, like they had, to, they closed off the roads, and you could only get like through close to the um the stadium road there, and it was ghost town. Like it, it looked like an abandoned college almost. And I know y'all had to feel the same way over here too. Well, it's really tough when you when you're, and I'm a business owner. I mean, we own a store uh, that sells nothing but Louisiana Tech gear. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, when you when you start shutting businesses down or limiting what they can do, it hurts the economy of a city. But not only that, but when you have restaurants that we're still experiencing issues with because they can't get enough employees to come to work. Um, when you start shutting the economic machinery, if you will, of a city down and a parish down and a state and a nation down, then yeah, it has it has ramifications. When you take a college that's got twelve thousand five hundred students, I'm just rounding off there, uh, twelve or thirteen thousand students, and you send them home, I mean, all of a sudden, that economy, when your city is, when the biggest economic driver you have is that university, and you shut that engine down, or seventy five percent of it shut down. It really changes the dynamics. Yeah. Um, we still, for whatever reason, I think most of it is some of the federal benefits they can receive, but we're having a real struggle, like every city, with employ, especially restaurants, having enough workers to run 
the number of days and yeah. shifts that they always have. Every um, place has a now hiring sign. Exactly. I've never seen this many. That, and then you throw on top of that the supply chain issues. I mean, it's it's hard on businesses, but, you know, I've talked to so many businesses, and ours, mine, uh, my wife and I's store, we're having a great year from a sales standpoint. Yeah. The problem now is just supply chain. Can we get the merchandise we sell on on a daily basis? Can we get it in? No, it's it's tough to stuff we used to could get in two or three day, uh, weeks is now five and six and seven months if you get it at all. Yeah. At all. So, um, you know, I, I think it's made all of us from a city standpoint, a state point, and a national point, and a, and don't the fam a family position. We've learned to live in a world that's totally different than it was uh, a year ago. I mean, I somebody posted on social media just yesterday a picture of a gas station sign a year ago and a year on November yeah. 3rd, 2020 and 2021. And gas at, at that, wherever that was, went from $1.62 a gallon to three-something a gallon. Yeah. You know, when you're a family and everything that you have to have, whether it's gas, whether it's groceries or what, when the price has gone up, it you know, it's really hurting. That's that's the one good or several things about the city of Ruston that have has helped our families. We're the lowest uh, provider of electricity cost in the state. So our folks, you know, their electric bills have not been like so many places. And I know our you know, the folks listening can't see it, but you can. That's the city of Ruston is the cheapest in the state. Um, it's a graph that I'm showing, Todd. Um, that helps us from a city standpoint. Our water, our sewer, our utility costs are low. We're the lowest in the state. We're the, there's one, one of the top 10 cities in the, in the nation as far as the lowest utilities in the nation. So. Um, that helps our individuals, but then families, but then you have groceries and clothing and gasoline, like we talked about. And I mean, my goodness, you can't even buy a new car nowadays because there's not very many. I mean, even from a city standpoint, I mean, we're having trouble getting, you know, chips for our, because we have our own fiber network for businesses. We're having trouble, of course, getting chips for that. We're having trouble, I mean, delivered for like our our garbage trucks that we lease, getting new ones back in. I mean, used to, if we were, we were building a substation, which we were having a, a meeting about yesterday, building a new substation for our electrical system, used to it was 12 months uh, to get a one of those big transformers. Now it's over two years. Yeah. You've got to plan out in, in order. Phase two of our sports complex it will be open in a week, but there's going to be certain things that are not in yet that were ordered over eight months ago, yeah. like water fountains. Who would have ever thought water fountains would have been hard to get? Yeah. But um, so the supply chain, the entire, all of that, uh, a lot of that was caused by COVID, uh, but a lot of it now is just uh, supply chain issues at all the ports that we all have heard a lot about is affecting everyone, and uh, we're just. We're looking forward to getting back to 
things kind of normal, yeah. whatever that normal might be moving forward. Yeah. And so, basically, to end this off on, is there anything that you like to add to end this off on? And if there's anybody out there listening that may want to run for mayor one day, is there anything you'd like to say to them? Sure. Um, first, thank you for this time. I appreciate it. And I hope people, if you haven't been to Ruston lately, lately you need to come back and check our city out. It's incredible. Uh, but I would say to anyone who wants to get into politics and or run for mayor, I mean, same thing, but politics in general, uh, first, you've got to realize that nowadays when you run for office, social media is good and social yeah. media is bad. I I'm a firm believer that you can't win an election without social media. But we also need to realize that People can go on social media and say whatever they want to about you, and you really have no defense against it. Yeah. So uh, you have to have thick skin, thicker than you used to have. have, to have. Um, but I can tell you, Dan Hollingsworth, who was the mayor before me, told me when I was elected that this would be the best job I've ever had, I would ever have. And he was exactly right. I mean, I truly love what I'm doing. I love the people I work with. I love the people I work for. And this city, to me, and I'm just fortunate to be the, the mayor at this time, but this city is a shining light, especially in North Louisiana, but in, uh, in the entire state, for how a city should be run, the financial responsibilities that we take here, and the way we do it, uh, goes back long before me but it's a great city and i would love to invite everyone to come visit ruston and see what we're all about in this small north louisiana town yeah <clears throat> well thank you for being on and hopefully you'll be on i may have to come back and talk to you when whenever you get reelected next year i would love to have you come back anytime we'd love to do it so thank you once again for being here as always, please rate and subscribe, and if you're listening on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe, and click that bell to get notified when new videos are uploaded. And make sure you follow the Toddcast only on Instagram at the underscore Toddcast underscore for all your Toddcast social media needs. Make sure you tell your friends and your family or anybody, really, to give it a listen, and thank all of you for listening to this episode. And if you want to know what's going to happen next week, well, I guess you're just going to have to tune in to find out. Only on the Toddcast.